0: the Wallet,
1: for the win! Good! Hello, hello, hello. This is Lindsay Gibbs here, and welcome to the Locked On Women's Basketball Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast. Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Uh, Once again, my name is Lindsay. I am the founder and author of the Power Plays newsletter and the co host of the feminist sports podcast, Burn It All Down. You can subscribe to Power Plays at powerplays.news and, of course, Burn It All Down on all of your podcast apps. I'm so excited to be here with you for our Wednesday Deep Dives. Today, we're going to take a deep dive into two teams that um, could be the future of this league, the Dallas Wings and the Atlanta Dream. Uh, First up, I've got Drew Ivory, the Dallas Wings reporter for The Next, and he's also the Dallas Mavs beat reporter for Hoops Habit, so it's a busy time of the year for Drew. Um, So we're just going to get right into it. Uh, Drew, thanks so much for joining me.
0: No problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah.
1: So the wings are four and seven. There's been some big highlights, none more so than I think their big win over the Phoenix Mercury over the weekend. Um, and I think over the next few, you know, next couple of weeks, we're going to see what this team is made of. They take on the Minnesota links on Wednesday night. So the day you you all are hearing this podcast. Drew, there's a lot of pieces on this team, a lot of young pieces, a lot of pieces that Coach Brian Agler is trying to figure out. I want to talk about the three players that are are kind of the identity, I think, for this team in very different ways. Arike Gumboale, Kayla Thornton, and Alicia Gray. Um, Arike this season, um, averaging about 21.5 points per game most significantly, I believe, is 44.1% from the field, which is much more accurate than she was at this point last season. Do you think that tells an accurate story about the improvement that she's making?
0: Absolutely. Um, she, earlier in the season, she was doing what she was doing last year in regards to not letting the game come to her and you know, trying to – I mean, she's being aggressive on a regular basis, but she's taking some ill-advised shots. I recently wrote about that, in fact, and how she can be more effective and still be herself, and she showed that in her past two games by truly letting the game come to her and not forcing things like she was, which was part of the problem in Dallas's bad starts early. You had, you had so many instances where she was starting off extremely inefficient, three for 11 from the field and, and games like that, and that was really hurting the offense early along with some defensive struggles that they were having. But it, it definitely tells the story because in, in what I wrote just uh, just a, a week ago almost now, uh, she was just uh, just under two percentage points better shooting from the field than last year. I know it was only a nine-game sample, but in these two games, she's brought herself up four, uh, four more percent. And she's shooting extremely efficiently. Uh, she's scoring the ball at a high clip. She's letting the game come to her, and it seems like, She's having more fun and everything is easy for her out there. And when she's hitting shots, her confidence is through the roof. And it she's almost impossible to stop.
1: Yeah. And I mean, we can talk about this in in a minute. We're gonna the second half of our, our conversation here. I want to go through kind of the rest of the roster, a, a deep run, a quick rundown. But I think that there was something to having Marina Mabry in that starting lineup with her. I don't think you can underestimate the amount of uh, or overestimate, excuse me, you know, how familiar those two are with each other, how much experience they have playing together. And it almost seemed like both of them settled down a little bit when they were on the court together. And that was, I think, really exciting to see. I want to talk about a player for the Wings that does not get talked about nearly enough. But as you wrote, this, this week for the next is really one of the, I mean, the Cogs, like the, you know, the, the, the defensive engine, maybe even the heart of this team, Kayla Thornton. Um, tell us a little bit about Kayla and why people need to be paying attention to what she is bringing uh, out there on the court.
0: Yes, um, aside from Enrique, of course, uh, Kayla is the most important person on this team because she is absolutely by far their best defender, although we know Alicia Gray can defend, but Kayla Thornton is a dominant defender, and she's she's shown that in stints throughout her career in Dallas. Uh, she's the engine that keeps things going. Uh, without her defensive presence out there, it changed the, changes the schematics of how teams plan to play Dallas. They have to worry about Kayla Thornton. They have to make those switches to get certain players off of who Kayla Thornton is guarding to get those mismatches so they don't have to worry about that problem that is Thornton. Um, she, she's one of the, the, the dynamic leaders on that team. Uh, she commands the defense and, and she's got an improved three-point shot as, as the years have gone on. She's, she's a big help, especially with a team that is is so young, you know. Um, everybody's so young, and just in one- or two-year players, are so many. And a player that's been in the league around four or so years, like Thornton and Gray and Harrison, Thornton plays a big part in that leadership role. And, you know, especially defensively, you know they've talked about and she's talked about herself that her defense ignites her offense. And that's, that's definitely true about the wings in general. And, and she's part of that flow that makes that happen uh, with, without her commanding the charge defensively and being such a leader on and off the court, I don't know where the wings would be right now, possibly a worse record than where they are. Cause I mean, you know, Arike is still scoring the ball, but without that defensive presence and that leadership, they've got a lot more issues than you think.
1: Um, and then the third player that you just met, just mentioned that I believe had gotten very overlooked in, you know, the future of the Dallas wings with all these other young players. Um, but to me, I've just, she's been kind of a revelation to me this year. I must admit, like, I wasn't expecting this much coming into the season and that's Alicia gray. What? T- tell me why she looks so much more fit and focused and comfortable this season. Is it just the fact that, you know, she's grown up a little bit?
0: You know, that, and the fact that she put in tremendous work in the off season, she's talked about it uh, throughout the years so far. And, uh, she put in a lot of work, you know, she got the invitation to uh, play three on three USA women's basketball. And she put in extraordinary work to, to, uh, to be able to compete and uh, get herself ready for this season. Uh, she worked with trainer John Hallman, and she's worked on a, a, a bevy of things. And uh, one thing she said in one of her Instagram posts when she was, uh, you know, congrats, or thanking John Hallman for the work that they put in, that she, quote, went from a plastic bag to having a book bag in regards to her offensive game. And and I think that's definitely on display as the season goes on. The more opportunities she gets, the more she capitalizes and they definitely need it, whether she's providing it off the bench or in the starting lineup. She's been great and she's been, you know, what they would say is an X factor for the wings this year.
1: Yeah, and and that's something they really needed. And like I said, I really see those three players as being, we know who they are, we know what they bring to the team, and it's kind of fitting in the pieces around them. Coming up, I'm going to do a rapid fire look at the rest of this Wings roster with Drew and uh, ask him to tell tell us whether he thinks this is really a playoff team or not. And of course, coming up later, we've got Bailey Johnson to do the same thing with the Atlanta Dream. All right, everyone, remember to start your morning with the news that matters in just 10 minutes. Axios Today host Nyla Boodoo and a team of award-winning journalists will bring you the latest analysis and insight into the trends shaping our world. We have counted on restaurants, and now they are counting on you and me and all of us. Uh, While dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now right to your door Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with contactless delivery. Um, just open the DoorDash app and select your favorite local local restaurant, and the food will be left at your door right now. Listeners can get five dollars off and zero delivery fees on their first order of fifteen dollars or more if you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED ON NBA. The Lock on WNBA podcast, We w- hopefully one day we'll have our own codes, but right now, Locked on NBA is the code you want to use. Um, don't forget, that's Locked on NBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. All right, so back here with Drew to talk about the rest of the Wings roster and what these pieces look like. Let's start in the post Um where they, The Wings started with a lot of depth, and, and, I, and now I don't think of it as their most, uh, you know, their deepest position. It's kind of uh, changed in my mind. I think the biggest pieces you have are Isabel Harrison has been getting a lot of starting minutes, uh, Estudor, who, um, you know, has actually not found her spot. She got a lot of starting minutes early, um, hasn't been getting playing time lately. Um, and then, you, of course, you've got Satu Saboli, who, um, you know, is a big Post presence as well. Um, Megan Gustafson really hasn't seen the floor much at all this season. And then you've got Bella Allery, the freshman from Princeton, who is in the mix as well. Who has impressed you out of this uh, lineup? Do you think that Isabel Harrison is kind of the answer here at center, um, or w- would you expect to see some changes there?
0: I don't know necessarily about saying that Izzy is the answer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, love izzy but i agree
0: <laughs> she has she has played well though uh, i'll give her that but the, the most impressive to me has been bella um earlier when i wrote about them earlier in the season she was in the top 10 in blocks per game this season uh she's probably gone down in that a bit lately but she's been a revelation on defense uh, i don't know if we or if anyone was necessarily expecting her to be such an impact defensively as she has been so far. And that's really been more of her staple as she's been here. It's not been really anything offensively. It's been really affecting things defensively and around the rim. Uh, and you, you spoke of Sa too, who has been impressive and she's also had her down moments, but you can, you can, uh, you can accept that. Based on the fact that she's a rookie, and those moments are going to happen, similar to how we talked about earlier with Harris and Bella.
1: Yeah, I mean, her, when you look at her numbers, though, she could still be in the rookie of the year conversation if she gets back early enough, especially, of course, with Kennedy Carter missing, missing so much time. So I think I think, you know, I, and I do think probably the future of this front court is, you know, a Bella Stu. Like, I think that's probably um, where it's headed. Um, what about a Stu? What, what have you seen with her? Do you think that I mean, she was a big trade for the team in the offseason. Um, where does she fit in?
0: Uh, you know, she, she did. She was a big trade in the offseason, and she did start the season off starting uh, a few games. But it seems like she's lost those minutes because of Bella's defensive presence and uh, how Izzy's been an impacted on offense. Um, I think Astu at times has come into moments to where she's shooting a bit too much. Like, she gets, she gets an offensive rebound and then instead of passing it out and recreating and setting up the offense, she'll take a fall away or try and put it back up and, and, and not make the shot. So, so sometimes she has some ill-advised uh, moments on offense to where I think that's been hurting her playing time so far. And she hasn't been as good defensively as they might have been expecting. Uh, she's at least second in the pecking order as far as uh, defensive ability as at the center position right now in my eyes. And I think, I think those just couple things, even though they're somewhat minor, uh, have been the reason for her lack of playing time as of late.
1: Yeah, and we'll just have to see going forward where she fits in. All right, let's talk a little bit about kind of the wings and the guard players. Um, Katie Lou Samuelson, of course, I think can play almost any position. Um, Ty Harris <laughs> we've got going in here. And then there's Mariah Jefferson, who I think people – Thought was going to be such a big part of this team. She's been dealing with injury the last few games, but also really didn't didn't start off the season um, that great. Another piece that was supposed to be like a stew, a really big part of where they were going. What have you? What has been the issue with Mariah?
0: You know, she has been the biggest question mark in my eyes since the season began. They were expecting her to, like you said, you know, be a big part in what they're doing, and and she hasn't been. Um, I think it's her lack of aggression, you know, to, to score the basketball, which is uh, her greatest trait, is uh, getting to the rim, and scoring at, at that at that spot right there. And she she hasn't been very aggressive. Uh, I, in in part part of me wants to think that she's nervous in a way, but yeah. the way she talks in in uh, availabilities and everything, she seems she seems fine, she seems comfortable, and she seems like she's ready. But it it's not translating to the court like it should. And in comparison to how, how she's playing versus the other guard play, it is that aggression. It's that, it's that, it's that want to, to want to make things happen on the offensive end, whether that be scoring the ball or facilitating the offense. Uh, and, you know, we've seen the scoring side from Enrique and Alicia, of course, and then uh, we've seen Ty Harris be able to run the show. And even early on, before her thumb injury, which she's still lingering right now, she's been, she's been left in, in the game, in the clutch time. And there were times that Jefferson didn't play at all in the fourth quarter and it was 100% Ty Harris. So I think, I think it speaks volumes uh, in regards to these other players doing what you expected Mariah to do coming into this year
1: where this team is right now they're they're on the bubble to you know get one of those final playoff spots and of course anything could happen this season they could get more do you think this team squeaks into the playoffs
0: i think if they make a bit of a turnaround in this second half of the season they can squeak in the 7 or 8 spot
1: the good part for the Wings is that they have 12 players, which not a lot of teams do. Right. <laughs> Drew, thanks so much for joining us. And where can people follow you on Twitter?
0: Uh, thank you for having me. First off, love what you're doing here. And I appreciate you inviting me on your podcast. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Uncle Drew WNBA. And uh, I love yeah. it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Drew, I love it. Perfect. Um, coming up we're going to take a deep dive into the atlanta dream we're going to talk about how they're doing without kennedy carter and what might happen when she returns so excited today to be talking about one of my favorite products the built bar the best tasting protein bar ever so i recently just a few months ago, went vegetarian, which means I'm still trying to figure out how to get enough protein in my diet. And the Built Bar is perfect for that. Um, first of all, there's the improved Built Bar, which is even deliciouser more delicious also Uh, we've got amazing flavors caramel brownie cookies and cream lemon almond cheesecake and of course this is just adding to the 12 original flavors such as german chocolate peanut butter mint brownie salted caramel orange my favorite is the peanut butter which gives you 19 grams of protein 180 calories five grams of sugar and five grams of net carbs um, you can get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. So get on that. You want to go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on, and you'll get $10 off your next order. All right. I am back in here with Bailey Johnson to talk all about the Atlanta Dream. Bailey is the uh, beat reporter for The Next. You guys can see a theme with the guests I'm bringing on. I promise I'm not biased at all. (laughs) But Bailey writes about the Atlanta Dream for The Next and also has a hockey newsletter called Fresh Ice about college hockey. Bailey, thanks so much for being on Locked on Women's Basketball. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. So, look, we're going to try and do our our 12-minute deep dive. Let's start with... Something that's strange. We've got a Nikki Collin team here at the Atlanta Dream that have actually, or at least started out the year being pretty good offensively, much better than we're used to. Their struggles, their main struggles have come defensively. And I know you just most, you wrote a piece about that. Where,
2: why is the team struggling
1: so much defensively?
2: Honestly, I know I just wrote about it, but the whole piece was kind of no one has any answers. (laughs) Nikki keeps saying that it's not an effort-level problem. The players keep saying it's not an effort-level problem. They just look really out of sync. Of course, it's understandable that...
1: The dream of all teams would be out of sync this season. So the dream came into this season with only two returning players, Elizabeth Williams and Monique Billings. Now, two of their players did opt out, Tiffany Hayes and Renee um, Montgomery, but still, they were, were going to be almost a completely new team, even if you hadn't had the opt-outs here. Um they their big free agency signings: um, Courtney Williams, uh, Shakina Strickland, um, Glory Johnson, and Kalani Bray Kalani Brown, all came through kind of a combination of I think mostly through free agency, um, perhaps some trade, you know, uh, finagling in there. But three out of four of those ended up having COVID nineteen and missing start of the season, or at least they were testing positive and they 're all back on the court now, but that that of course they missed a lot of conditioning um, gave them a very haphazard start to the season and then of course there 's Kennedy Carter who was their first round draft pick, having a rookie of the year type breakout, and then about a week and a half ago um, sprained her ankle I think that was the official diagnosis going to be out for i think another week or do they still feel like she's on track to maybe be back uh in a week a week and a half bailey yeah last i heard was another week so two weeks from the injury all right so that would be great but we're going to talk about where they are right now without her first of all the only reason why i think it's safe to say the dream have won two games and are two and nine on the season um, and have not been completely grief-stricken with everything, has been they their um, kind of a last-minute signing to the team. She was cut from the fever at the last minute. They thought they were getting a good defensive player, and they ended up getting a player who's averaging 15.4 points per game. Tell us about Benaja and what
2: she's brought to this team. She is just so confident right now. You can tell. It sort of seems like, She came to Atlanta, got an opportunity, and has absolutely made the most of it. I mean, going back to they had some individual workouts in Atlanta before they came down to Florida, and Nikki kept saying, you know, she just was making her shots in practice, so we had to give her a chance in scrimmages and then in games, and she's never stopped. It wasn't like she was doing it in practice and it didn't translate. It just has kept translating, and she honestly just keeps getting better. But, of course, when Carter
1: went out, everything changed. And so now into the starting lineup, We basically have replaced Kenny Carter with two players in the starting lineup. One, Blake Dietrich, who's really the only other point guard on the roster at this time. And the other, Courtney Williams, who, of course, was their big signing, known for um, getting shots, just kind of your ultimate shooting guard. Courtney was one of the players who was out with coronavirus, um, just now kind of getting her way into shape. Still struggling a bit with her shot. Tell us about the Blake
2: and Courtney pairing and how that's been working
1: in the starting lineup.
2: Yes, they've been running Blake at the point guard. They put Courtney there a little little bit, but they much prefer her working off the ball in concert with Blake as opposed to running things. Blake has been about as good as you can possibly expect from her. I think Nikki said after the last game that they're getting everything they can possibly get from her. She scored in double figures a couple times. She played the full 40 minutes, I think, in their game against Seattle last week. But she's just not the kind of, I mean, no one's Kennedy Carter, but Blake Dietrich certainly isn't. And I like her a lot, and I think she's valuable to them, but she's just not gonna replace that kind of offensive talent. And that's where you look to someone like Courtney Williams to do that. And she's getting plenty of shots right now, just not falling for her. I think part of that is coming in and having missed the conditioning at the beginning and sort of having to play herself back into shape while Dana was playing 10 games in 19 days. Like some of that is just her legs being tired and her not really having it. So we'll see how she looks. Wednesday after they've had a two-day prep for the first time in a while. Yeah, she's shooting 35.9%
1: from the field, which is just, like you said, not going to cut it. The post-rotation is also another place that I'm very interested in what the Atlanta Dream are doing. Of course, Elizabeth Williams is your anchor in more ways than one. She's averaging 11.5 points. um, Only about five rebounds per game, which is a little low for her. And then you've got Kalani Brown, who – not only tested positive for covid but what actually had symptoms, so actually was very sick with covid um, She tested positive when she first got to i m um, g but she 's the really the big body that they need, and she is she 's just now she 's played in four games averaging eight point eight minutes six points in those eight minutes I think there's hope there, and then you 've got glory Johnson, another you know we 've seen her do such great work as a forward, but She's been benched for entire games. Once again, she did test positive for COVID and was out for a couple of weeks, never experienced any symptoms, but she's a player I thought would make a big impact and has not found her place in the rotation. So I actually want to start there with Glory. What do you, why do you think we haven't seen more of Glory Johnson?
2: Yeah, you and I actually talked about this a little bit in the next Slack last week or the week before when Nikki had a comment about her basically saying, I didn't bring Glory here just to shoot threes and play a little bit of defense. I really think she can give us a lot more than she has. And it didn't necessarily sound like a complete call out. It was more, I like this player and I believe in her and I would like her to do more than she's been doing so far. Um, We talked to Glory after the game on Sunday and she basically said, you know, she's still learning the team. She's still figuring things out. And I think it's taking her longer to get settled than anyone expected on either side, whether her or the coaches.
1: I think there's been some good stuff from um, Kalani Brown. What do you think about Kalani Brown? And do you think there's a way for her and Elizabeth Williams to work in concert there in that center uh, post?
2: Or do we kind of need to decide on one or the other here? I feel like it's really matchup driven, especially at this point with Kalani not being able to play really more than eight to 10 minutes a game. It's taking her time to get back into shape. And Nikki said, you know, she's doing all her extra conditioning and she's working really hard, but it just takes time. She had, was really sick and it t- was weeks, not able to do anything. So it takes time to get her back. Um, she's been really good in the minutes she's played. She's a big body for them. She's still sort of figuring out the system, but if nothing else, you know, they can get a. T- her on the low block and she can finish and she can stand in the paint and be a big body and get in the way which is something that as good as Elizabeth is she doesn't always provide because she's on the smaller end of the center in this league um so I think we'll see Kalani start to play a little bit more but I think it is going to be pretty matchup driven and if the team they're going up against maybe likes to get in the paint more you might see Kalani more versus Elizabeth being a little bit more mobile down there
1: there's another post player, Brittany Brewer. I don't expect we're going to be seeing much of her. She was a second round draft pick. We still haven't seen much from her. Um, looks more like a development project. Would you agree with that? kind of look? Looking Yeah, towards I future.
2: completely agree. I want
1: to do a quick breakdown of the guards too. You know, we talked about Carter being out. We've talked about the two guards coming in with Courtney Williams and Blake Dietrich. Talked about Laney, who's kind of your wing player. Um, you've also got uh, Shakina Strickland, who was another big signing from Connecticut. Connecticut um as well as two players who have seen maybe less time than I was expecting Alexis Jones and Jalen Agnew let's start with Strickland shooting 35 percent from three but only 34 percent from the field only averaging seven points per game and not necessarily giving them that um, offensive spark that they signed her for do you do you, what why do you think that is
2: Again, like I keep saying, I don't know, but there's just so many questions around this team, and I don't know if it's her not fitting in well with the system or if it's the fact that the players around her aren't necessarily getting her the shots that she'd like to be getting. Yeah. Um, I mean, she made six threes in a game last week and then went two games without making a basket. She's been really hot and cold. I'm genuinely not sure what's contributing to it. She just got taken out of the starting lineup to have a better matchup against Chicago, and that was the first game she scored in a while. Um, I'm not sure what's going on with her, to be quite frank. Um, Obviously, they were expecting a lot more from her offensively and brought her in to kind of be that spot-up three-point shooter and always provide that consistent offensive spark, and that's not necessarily what she's done so far.
1: Any thoughts on Alexis Jones or Jalen Agnew? And just to give people a little bit of a background, sorry, Alexis Jones is, I think, maybe in her third or fourth year out of Baylor. um, But hasn't, you know, point guard who kind of hasn't really found her settle, uh, found settling found found herself settled i think in the WNBA yet and Jalen agnew is a rookie who i got to know because the washington mystics drafted her late in the second round but she was cut because you know they had to make roster decisions before training camp and then um the dream picked her up so she is a true rookie here as well do you think we'll see any more minutes from them maybe particularly in this next week when we're still missing
2: kennedy carter yeah, I've liked what I've seen from, from Jalen so far. Um, obviously, she's a rookie. She's one of the best shooters I've ever seen straight up. She's phenomenally talented. I think she's someone that probably needs to be getting a couple more minutes to feel more comfortable and sort of take those shots and make them. And without Kennedy, maybe there's a chance for her to play a couple more minutes a game. Um, Alexis has sort of just looked a little bit unsettled in the games that she's played so far, hasn't really seemed to find her role here. She's coming off an injury. Um, I don't know if that has anything to do with it. She Tore something in her knee, I think, at the end of last year, and had surgery in the off season. Um, so that could be contributing to it. Her still settling in back on the court, but she definitely—I don't think has found her role at this point.
1: A player I realized I completely skipped over, which you know, um maybe makes sense because since the first game of the year, she's kind of been a little bit MIA, which is Monique Billings. <laughs> Monique yeah. Billings started the season with 30 points, and then. As um, I heard, heard, or I think I read in your article, Coach Nikki Collins say, yeah, after that, she really struggled. (laughs) Like, she's back to the bench now. Uh, Is there, what his coach said about Billings and what she sees from her?
2: I mean, she likes her a lot. She always has. She thinks she brings a lot of energy off the bench. I think coming off the bench is probably a better role for her. She sort of thrives in that, just come in, be super athletic, bring the energy off the bench, grab a couple rebounds, make a couple shots kind of role. Um, I think she's a player that I find can get in her head a little bit. I think that 30-point, 13-rebound game at the beginning of the year sort of shocked her and was like, oh my goodness, I'm really doing this. The pressure's on me now. And I'm wondering and hoping if putting her on the, like, bring her off the bench will allow her to settle down a little bit and sort of just feel more comfortable and realize that she doesn't have to be the 30-point, 13-rebound player that she was in that first game. Of course, it'd be great if they got that from her, but... I think that was maybe a little more of an outlier, but she's super athletic. She's got a good shot. She doesn't look super confident at the moment. Um, So maybe she'll start to see that fall, grab a couple more boards and sort of settle back in with that.
1: So here, here's where I am with the dream right now. I think expectations are low. It would be a surprise right now if they made the playoffs. That being said, with this weird season they've had, Um, when Kennedy got injured, it was just about the time that Courtney Williams and Kalani Brown were getting back into the roster and getting back into shape, right? So now we've got uh, Courtney and Kalani who've had a couple more weeks, um, you know, under their belt of play. And then you get Kennedy Carter back. Is there any way do you think that we could see a team really start clicking in a week or week and a half
2: I don't want to be overly optimistic about it, um, but but if we get if they get Kennedy back in a week, there would be eight games left in the season. Their schedule lightens up a little bit, both in terms of matchups and in how frequently they're playing. They'll have another two-day prep and a three-day prep before the end of the season. I think that'll help them a lot. If they're going to find it, it's going to be because of that and having a little extra time to prepare for things and actually get some practice time. I mean, Nikki said the other day they practiced this for 25 to 30 minutes that was the longest they'd gone five on five since the schedule really got heavy for them so I think that'll be huge for them if they can get in the gym a little more between games and maybe get Kennedy back healthy and see what happens but I would like you said be surprised if they made the playoffs and I think at this point it's more about finishing the year with a little momentum for next year as opposed to trying to make the playoffs at this point
1: you know, I know Kennedy is going to be determined to try and still get that Rookie of the Year um, nod. That means a lot to her. And so I think Absolutely. she's going to come out firing in these, you know, if she can get back onto the court, um, I hope she can. Um, and let's just say Wednesday night. So when you all are listening to this, this comes out Wednesday morning and Wednesday evening is a big matchup between the Atlanta Dream and the Washington Mystics. And I know it's one that um both coaches have circled as winning winnable games (laughs) and so kind of both teams are looking at if we're gonna get back into this playoff hunt for these seventh and eighth seeds um we need to start that run here and now bailey where else can people follow you other than looking for your work on the
2: next Um, I'm on Twitter at Bailey A. Johnson underscore. That's a good place to find me. Um, I've got my newsletter, like you mentioned at the beginning, Fresh Ice, which you can also find on my Twitter. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. Awesome. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. All
1: right. Don't forget to subscribe to the Locked on Women's Basketball podcast. This podcast right here. Make sure you are subscribed to the Five days a week, these shows pop up in your feed. Tuesdays and Thursdays, we've got the great Erica Ayala. On Fridays, we've got the uh, great Howard Megdal, the godfather of this podcast, who will bring you an interview every Friday. And on Monday, you've got Gabe and Amy to take you through the weekend's action. We are halfway through the season, so you want to get all of these podcasts so you can get caught up because there's just so much happening.